This is another in Macworld series of Macworld Expo podcast, part of our week-long coverage of the most exciting Apple event of the year. In the next few minutes, you'll hear from some of the best and brightest in the industry, including Macworld editors and the movers and shakers in the Apple universe. And now, this episode's guest host. Macworld Podcast, Macworld Expo Special Edition for Friday, January 18th, 2008. Sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Macworld Podcast listeners can get a free audiobook now at www.audiblepodcast.com slash Macworld. Welcome to Macworld's Macworld Expo Special Edition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Breen. It's the final day of Macworld Expo, and man, if I weren't recording these introductions ahead of time, my voice would sound like this, because undoubtedly I've been screaming, talking, and singing my lungs out. Expo just generates that kind of excitement and enthusiasm. But things are winding down after a long and thrilling week. As I mentioned yesterday, you can catch up on the week's events by visiting Macworld.com and reading the countless stories posted there, as well as listening to earlier podcasts. But it's not over yet. Let's kick things off with today's first guest host. Welcome back to what is the final session in what we've come to know and love as the Podquarium, Macworld's podcast studio, inside the Macworld booth, on the show floor at Macworld Expo. We've come to know it as the Podquarium. I, I don't know if, if all if of us come have come to, to love, love it. it. No. Fair enough, fair no. enough. I'm Jason Snell. I'm the editorial director at Macworld. And yeah. with me, as always, or as sometimes, is Philip Michaels, executive editor of Macworld.com. Hello, Phil. Hi. Actually, this is, I think, the first time we've clapped eyes on each other in, inside the Podquarium. It, it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. I've heard you on the podcast, yeah. and I've been on the podcast. Right. We are now together on the podcast. This is the Expo Wrap podcast edition and as promised we won't do any more from the floor this year this is it mm-hmm. so um we've got expo largely in the rearview mirror now phil there's yes. people are still milling about i would actually say that uh, the floor is uh, packed right now i think because everybody took friday afternoon off to I, come to the show I, I was gonna say this is probably the most uh, crowded i've seen a show floor on a friday normally you the this is the day to come if you, you are afraid of crowds, but on this particular day, um, not many people fleeing from Moscone as I was coming in to, to record the podcast, and uh, still a, a large number of people, like you say, milling about and seeing the booths. The Adobe uh, demo for Premiere Pro actually was packed as I walked by. Wow. Premiere Pro! Well, you know. Well, video pros, sure. It's true, but yeah. still, packed on a Friday. Packed on a Friday. is impressive. Yeah. So what have we learned this week, Phil? I mean, I, there's so much has gone by since in the last four days. And, and, but yeah. since the purpose of this podcast is to wrap it up, we had the keynote. Sure. With four days' perspective on the keynote, have you uh, changed any thoughts about the keynote? Uh, I haven't that much. I, uh, you and I sort of had an argument, uh, uh, a friendly argument, walking walking away from the show one day about the the value of the MacBook Air. You seem to be in favor of it, and I'm not saying that it's going to be a flop for Apple, and I'm, I wouldn't say that. I'm, I'm sure they'll do very well. I'm just saying that it's not the, the machine for me, and I was a little bit, right. in that sense, disappointed by, by that announcement. Well, what, it, would there ever be a small, light laptop that's for you? I mean, yes. you use the 15-inch PowerBook that, instead of a smaller Mac, or 15-inch MacBook. MacBook Pro. MacBook Pro, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I, you know, and I don't. So I'm, I'm just wondering what's, what would be the thing to flip you over. What, what would a small laptop be that would impress you? Well, again, uh, this harkens back to a conversation that we had in private, so it will be new to you, the home listener. But um, 
the idea of a travel laptop that's more of a, a companion piece to either your desktop Mac or really even a, a MacBook Pro in the sense that those things are almost really as powerful as many uh, desktop machines right. these days. So, But they are big. Um, everyone that I've talked to has been, after days of lugging around their MacBook Pros around the show floor, has said, boy, I could really go for one of those MacBook Airs right about now. And, yeah, it's not the most convenient machine in the world to travel with. So if you had a small, stripped-down machine that you could easily sync between that and your, your, your desktop and hit the road... So what that sounds like to me is that what really is missing here is not the MacBook Air hardware. Right. What's missing here is um, some software to, to do. And I experienced this as a, as a laptop primary user. You're a laptop user as well. We don't have desktop machines. Mm-hmm. That um, one of the frustrations is... You really can't have a desktop and a laptop easily without having all these. You have all these sync issues because right. you know my mail's over there or my files are over there. What did I bring with me? And mm-hmm. if Apple could come up with some software to make that syncing easier, then having a little sidekick for your desktop would and, be easier. And with this, the some of the stuff in Leopard and the Back to My Mac and all the, and and the various. Right. I think there's there. I think they're getting there. Right. And perhaps two, three years down the road, I will get my, my little portable travel Mac that is really the, the companion piece, the sidekick, the little the little buddy, right. the Gilligan to the skipper and that, that is my MacBook Pro. And at Pro. that point, do you, have insta- do you have the MacBook Pro at that point, or do you just have a desktop at work and then a little a little sidekick that you take with you when you go somewhere? Don't know. I, I might actually stick with the MacBook Pro. So because you have two I, laptops? You I have, have two like your, laptops. Your, my gold laptop and my platinum laptop. Yes. And I choose which... With- which, which, me. which laptop will the butler uh, bring to me today? Exactly. <laughs> will it be the weekday laptop? Your or life, the, oh, the life, laptop. the life of a, a of an internet mogul. Right. Um, yeah, I, I definitely there's still that thought about the MacBook Air. What I hear though is I hear a lot of people saying that the more they think about it, the more interested, and more intrigued they are by it, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, it's not for everybody though. No, I, I think that that there's no doubt about it. I am anticipating I'm going to do our review of it on Macworld and I am anticipating some really interesting experiences with that because essentially I have to I have to dump half of the contents of my MacBook's hard drive in order to fit on the hard drive of the MacBook Air and I don't know quite what that's going to be, but it yeah. means my sort of pack rat like days of storing mail and and music and things like that are are going to be over for as long as I'm using the MacBook Air. So you it'll could, be a you, different. You experience. could probably find an email that I sent you back in 1994. I on I, I almost certainly can. Yeah. So not not for long though. Mm-hmm. So the the um, the police will be sad to know that I'll, I will have lost all that evidence. So what else? Have we learned since we're going over what we've learned here? Any any other keynote ramifications before we move on to the rest of the show? Uh, the keynote, I think the the big product that will be coming out of the keynote is Apple TV. I think for the widespread use, um, I, I the the software updates I believe is really going to make that a usable product for a lot more people, and uh, uh, the addition of iTunes movie rentals uh, that you can download directly to the through and to the Apple TV. You don't have to use your computer as a middleman anymore. Right. Is, uh, I think rentals on the iPod, too, will actually be, an iPhone will be something that will be uh, sure. uh, kind of interesting, the idea that you can just take a trip. Or You're take taking a, a trip. You want a movie for the, the flight because you don't want to watch the, uh, the expurgated version yes. of whatever terrible, terrible movie is being shown on the in-flight entertainment. Go to the iTunes, uh, download a movie, and you're, you're set. Yeah. 
So, um, what have you seen from going beyond the keynote? What have you seen here? What's your judgment of how this week has gone from uh, you know Apple aside out here on the show floor? Uh, looking at third-party developers then, um, really surprised and impressed by the kind of crowds FileMaker was getting at their booth, uh, particularly for the Bento uh, demonstration. That's the personal database that they... Uh, it's like the it's like the database that isn't in iWork, right? It, 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 every, it, it's it's sort of like the fifth beetle to uh, iWork's keynote and numbers and pages, and there is no fourth beetle. Yes, <laughs> that's a terrible metaphor. Yes, it's the it's the fourth it's the fourth fifth beetle. Yes, iWork. Uh huh. Yeah, but it's, late. it's Friday. I I think people are uh, are looking at Bento and really, if they haven't. Um, uh, grokked databases before. They're kind of seeing the connections that you can draw between stuff in your address book and stuff in your calendar and Bento pulling it all together and organizing it and, and creating relations. And I, I, I think it, it, it's making that connection that people didn't maybe see with FileMaker Pro. And um, the folks at FileMaker were telling me it's actually people are coming up to them and saying, well, I want a little bit more uh, power than Bento offers. Do you have a, 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 a more powerful database program? Why, uh, why yes, we why do, yes, friend. We do. So they're, they're naturally very excited about, um, about what this means for the, the, the database right. uh, business well, as a whole. I think it's interesting for FileMaker to have a product that has a broader consumer appeal about it because FileMaker Pro is... And, and continues to get more and more uh, powerful and professional in its features, and, and as a result, it's not you know the database program that you'd uh, that you'd turn on to just any right. user. It, 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 so having Bento is an interesting side effect, I think. For them. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I saw, um, and I'm I'm staring at their booth through the glass walls of the of the podcast aquarium. Yes. Uh, I stopped by the Intuit booth and saw the new version of Quicken. That's going to be uh, released in the fall. I'm and gonna, when you say new, it's actually new. It is. It, this is not some reskinned version. It's not some version with a couple of features. They took a look at Quicken and decided to totally scrap uh, the entire code and rework it. And when they say rework, they rework. This is not a product that is going to look like Quicken has in the past. There are a lot of great new features, a lot of features that are really going to take advantage of Leopard. Uh, it's coming out in fall 2008. Um, the, the the comparison that, that that's in my head, and maybe it's unkind to another developer, is with Office 2008. That was also rebuilt from the ground up, but it still kind of looks like Office 2004, really, yeah, it, quite it, honestly. It's quite a lot. That will not be the case with Quicken. It, it, it is like night and day, and it's it's very exciting to see that, that company uh, into it uh, really reevaluate what they're doing on the Mac and really make, I think, more of a... Uh, a, a good faith effort to exploit the technologies on this platform. Um, you're, you'll sort of see a preview of that in the new version of TurboTax. has a lot of uh, uh, new Mac features huh. and, and Mac-only features that really uh, take advantage of Leopard. One of the things I've noticed on the on the show floor itself and the character of the show floor is that it, it's been it's been busy. I haven't felt like it's um, a few, a sort of thin veneer of Mac products surrounded by a huge amount of iPhone and iPod right. accessory vendors. They're out there, but I feel like they're all they're uh, sort of outnumbered by all the Mac stuff, and that and that the Mac stuff is good stuff. I mean, it's it's bigger booths for companies that I've always sort of perceived as being little tiny companies. Uh, Plask, makers of Comic Life and Skitch, which just went into a public beta have uh, a couple new products, uh, a completely new drawing tool, 
and an update to Comic Life, a sort of second version of Comic Life. Eight. And they have a whole big booth with like people in costumes and. and it's 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 wild, and that's you know a, a, a kind of company that I per, always perceived as being this teeny tiny Mac company, and you know, but they're here in full force. They got people in the booth, and it's really you see that a lot around. Yeah, here, H and R Block has a huge booth, and go figure. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sort of stuck on the the financial companies because that's my it's your beat. my area. But normally, just a little table. This year, big booth, big lots booth. of people. Yeah, so there's a lot of that, and mm-hmm. then and the um, West Hall. Which is the auxiliary hall this year is much more lively, I think, than than the um, auxiliary halls have been the last few years, where uh, it's been sort of big carpeted expanses and you know a lounge area and a game player area and an area with cars. Right. There's some of that over there, but there's also a lot of booths over there, and and um, so I think that bodes well too. I think MacWorld Expo itself, which is owned by the same company that owns MacWorld, I should say, we don't, I, I don't run MacWorld Expo. Uh, you don't have any say in it, um, but it is sort of our cousin company. Um, th- I think it's been on an upward trajectory the last last few years, as Apple has been. Have you heard from anyone in... This is the first year that um, the exhibits were held at Moscone West, which, if you're not familiar with Moscone Center, home listener, is uh, sort of catty corner to the main Moscone Right, Hall. you have to cross the street. Right, whereas before there's Moscone North and South, you you can cross underneath the... the there's a tunnel underneath the road right. so that you never have to, to see the sun, oh, the killing sun. Exactly. Um, have you heard from exhibitors? Have you heard from attendees what they think of uh, using Moscone West, which is a newer, nicer building than, I think, Moscone North, but also uh, you have to... Have a little to, bit of a haul. Have to I, walk I, a little bit. I have not heard a lot about that. My understanding, though, is that next year we will be returning to uh, Macworld Expo's classic north-south configuration. So my understanding is that the West Hall is a... Uh, uh, we'll probably still have the keynote over there. I think Steve Jobs really likes the West venue, and it is a nice new building. It's a mm-hmm. great venue for that. Um, but my understanding is that I believe they're going back to north-south next year. So we will all be in the tunnel and won't have to deal with the killing sun so, and the horrible snowstorms that blow through yes. San Francisco this time of yes. year. And the, and the By gi- which I mean sunny days in the 50s. And the giant thunder lizards. But I, I'm going to make a prediction here. Um, that, that you can clip and save and use to mock me in years to come. One of these days, I, I think that it's going to be north, south, and west. One of these days, you think it's going to be the trifecta. We're going to be the trifecta. Filled up the two that we're going to need room to expand. Well, especially I think next year, once the uh, iPhone developers kit comes out, and there's a whole lot more iPhone stuff to share. Interesting. Um, that perhaps I could see one day easily. You put your iPhone and iPod vendors in in one hall, and you put your uh, Mac vendors in other halls. Well, and I, I think my my understanding is that they like mixing them around. That they, mm-hmm. they don't want to sort of create a ghetto of one kind of product category. But um, I do see your point. I, I um, we get a taste of that. There's actually a vendor over in the West Hall this year from New Zealand. They're called Polar Bear. Something. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember. There's the a name post now. on iPhone Central about that. Yes, them. there is, from yeah. Chris Berilic. Um, they ha- their products are, f- are are iPhone applications. They are there's a search feature and I'm trying to think of the other feature too. It, it's two cool little programs for the iPhone. And uh, of course the only way you can install them is having a jailbroken iPhone. So it's very strange. There's actually a vendor here with a booth showing products that only will work if you've if you've jailbroken your iPhone. But it does give you a peek into 2009, mm-hmm. I think. 
mm-hmm. as well, which which I, I think you're right. I think it's really interesting. Would, wouldn't that be great if Macworld Expo was so big that it, North and South couldn't I mean, hold it? At some point, if, you're, if you make Windows software, why not exhibit here given the virtualization programs that are out there? Why not have That's a... True. Virtualization a, pavilion. Yeah, you know, a virtualization... I was going to say a virtualization pavilion where, you know, the people that make products that maybe they don't want to develop for the Mac, but... But might have appeal to Mac right. users. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Macworld Expo people yeah. or salespeople are already on it. Yes, and, I, and, if, <laughs> and if they're not and they, this inspires them, I want my commission. I want there my cut. There you go. Anything else that's really struck you at the, uh, at the Expo this year? Oh. I know. That's a yeah. terrible open-ended question, and it, we're all exhausted yeah. because we've posted you know, hundreds of stories online. And, we're, and I've got miles to go before I sleep, my it's man. It's true. It's true. I, I, it's, in fact, as soon as we're done in here, I, I walk the... The torturous walk back to the office and keep posting until my my fingers fall off and yes the the paramedics is, is pull me away. Is that what we're going to do now with the podcast? Is that how we're going to send out the pod query and we're going to talk about ourselves and how horrible it is to be us? <laughs> no, it's be in San Francisco. I'm not. And, I'm, not I, I'm sorry that that came off as a complaint. I'm just saying <laughs> that. Let me put a more positive spin on that. More coverage will be appearing at MacWorld.com both today Thank and you. through the weekend. Excellent work. Well, no, it it, it is um, it is. Just for the a little bit of inside baseball, it is a very interesting time. It's really busy for the people who are in the media who are doing this. Um, it's also a lot of fun. We get to meet with um, people we don't see very often. Right. Um, developers who are who are you know really interesting, nice to talk to. Uh, you know the marketing PR people, contributors to the magazine. People, we never we've never clapped eyes on. Right. Before. Exactly. They write things for us, but but you know as far as we know, they could be a sophisticated collection of Apple scripts mm-hmm. running in a basement in Russia, and we wouldn't know. And then we see them, and they're people, and we have a good time, and it's great. And uh, you know, and, and and there's been a lot of that too. And there, the parties, lots of parties this year. That, that I am not a party goer, yeah. but my understand. I realized that I used to know where the parties were, and then I wouldn't go to them. And now there were parties I hadn't even heard of that were happening, and every night. And uh, and I think that says something too socially about about what's happened with uh, the Mac and Apple, and therefore Macworld Expo, where there's just so much interest in it, 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 at a level that I haven't seen. I've been doing this 14 years now, and I haven't seen this in you know probably a good at least a decade. So yeah. it's that's good news. This this is my uh, I think my ninth, Could eighth be. or ninth, uh, and it's certainly I think probably the the, the busiest I've seen it on on the show floor. Yeah, now. yeah. It's not just the, uh, the the you know lots of booths packed close together, and then lots of people. Right. And uh, those are the those are two good signs. It'll be interesting to see the figures when IDG World Expo releases them. But um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's a good time. It's a great, you know. I, every now and then I have those moments when I'm usually when I'm riding the escalator in or out of uh, Moscone Center where I look around and I, I kind of smile and think, hey, it's my people, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's kind of fun. We're gonna pause for a second here and bring in our second guest, uh, Peter Cohen from MacWorld's uh, news department. Uh, and then I'll ask you some questions. Hey, Jason. Hey, Peter. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thanks for, having for joining me. us. Thank you for in the Podquarium. <laughs> and Phil remains with me as well, so Phil can ask you many piercing questions. I can, and or I will, or he could go to sleep. <laughs> that, that I could, could do that too. too. That could happen. Um, you know, it's the it's the Expo wrap up, and we've basically been deconstructing um, what we've learned this week and what our our impressions of the show are. And you know, um, you. You know, you've been. I haven't seen you very much this week at all. You've been running in completely different circles from me. So I'd really love to hear from you. You know, what are the things that have really struck you the most 
this week and how do you, you sort of judge this week as a whole compared to the many expos that you've come to over the, uh, over the years? Well, I think what strikes me the most about this particular show is that um, there's been a, a, a lot less of an emphasis on uh, iPod accessories, for example, than we've seen in some past shows. There's a lot more Mac product on the show, a lot more varied um, um, uh, uh, products um, that the exhibitors are showing as well. And good stuff. I mean, that struck me that it's good stuff. Sometimes you go to booths in past expos and it's been a little tiny booth and you're like, well, this is interesting and it's good for like who it's for, but it's kind of like really narrow. It's it's the same version of the same product that they've been... The last five years, right? And this year I felt like there were these small booths that you go into and it's like, wow, this is new and it's interesting and it's got potentially broad appeal and it just... I I know it's hard to quantify, but it it is. There's like the density or the... The interest level seems higher. Absolutely, and I think part of that, you know, Apple certainly uh, helped set the tone of the show on the opening day when they introduced their products. And you know, maybe if, if we're lucky in our careers as, as Mac journalists, we'll see something like the iPhone happen, you know, two or three times. You know, so I think a lot of people were a, a lot of, um, uh, I guess, civilians, for lack of a better term, might have been expecting some earth-shattering news from the show that didn't happen. So it's given the opportunity for a lot of uh, uh, vendors who just might have gotten ignored in the maelstrom of uh, news coverage on a, a new major breaking product to kind of make a name for themselves and, and introduce their products to the attendees here. So what's uh, what's the favorite thing that you've seen this week? Well, you know, of course, games is my beat, so um, I paid a lot of attention to the game vendors at the show this year. And I was yes, really... before before you got here, Phil Phil was regaling us with tales from his beat, which is, of course, business software. So we've heard about... Peter has a much more exciting beat <laughs> to some people. Quick, <laughs> Quicken, now, if you were excited by Quicken... You should be excited and by And excited Quicken. by Bento. You should be excited by And excited by, by H&R Block. You should then, be excited by H&R Then Block. you may not be so excited by the tales of games that Peter is about to say. Some of us are Renaissance uh, gentlemen and appreciate all aspects of our cultural milieu. Blah, blah, blah. Peter, hey, that, tell that, me about that, those games. That, however, would not be me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I know there's a, there's a, a modest uh, games pavilion area in the West Hall, uh, and we've actually got two new exhibitors at the show this year, which is really exciting. EA, or Electronic Arts, has stepped up with, uh, with a booth showing off their, uh, their recent iPod uh, and, uh, and Mac releases, and they've also announced at the show this week that they're going to be bringing a game called Spore uh, to the Macintosh. And this game it ha- is uh, being worked on right now, was created by Will Wright. Will Wright. Who's, yeah, who's the same guy who created The Sims, uh, the Sims and Sim, Sim City. Sim City, yeah. Uh, this game is, is even more expansive than The Sims, though. Instead of just taking a virtual person and sort of ordering them around, you're actually evolving uh, life from the ground on up um, uh, through five stages of development from sort of little... Fishy things swimming in a bowl to um, to uh, spacefaring civilization. So that's really exciting. That's going to be cool. And uh, what's great about it is that EA is saying that they're going to do a simultaneous release for the Mac and PC. Wow! So uh, that's fantastic. And then the other new vendor that's showing off stuff is uh, CCB Games, uh, which uh, makes a, an online role playing game called uh, Eve Online that I'm very excited about. That's the uh, the people from Iceland, right? Yes, those are the folks from Reykjavik. Now you're you're uh, you're into Eve Online, are you not? I am indeed. I've spent far too much time playing Eve Online. And it's a space game, and you're a captain of a, a ship, and you have to invest money in the ship and travel around, and people can 
ruin your day while you're out there. I, I, I recall you sent a, ne- a detailed email about how mad you were about losing your investment, losing in, a, my investment. in a space freighter. So indeed, pretty I mean, immersive. The, the, like, it's, so it's sort of like World of Warcraft, except it's this. It's a, a space. It's a multiplayer game like World of Warcraft, but it's space based and not sort of walking around with. I the think sword probably the, the the best comparison I could give to it for for gamers who are familiar with Mac games is to say that it's a cross between World of Warcraft and Escape Velocity from Ambrosia. Fair enough. I think that makes sense to me. So uh, yeah, it's very exciting to see them here, the first time exhibitors, and uh, they also. Uh, uh, we're one of the teams at our Mac Bowl charity event last night. How did the Mac Bowl go? I didn't go this year. How'd Mac Bowl went swimmingly. We raised $24,000 for the Yik Wo Elementary School here in San Francisco, a K-5 alternative public school that specializes in a curriculum based around science and uh, English language arts. Who were uh, some of the, the companies participating in that, Peter? Well, uh, of course, we co-sponsored the event with Aspire Media, um, who uh, won Best to Show this year for Guitar Hero 3. Um, and uh, we had uh, 12 teams in total. Uh, some companies uh, donated enough to qualify two teams for the event, uh, but we had Other World Computing, Microsoft, Apple, uh, Smith Micro. Um, Microsoft's a bunch of ringers, though. Indeed, they are. Elgato, Freeverse Software, um, Logitech, and I'm sure I've left somebody out, but if you look, look at Macworld.com... There's, a, there's an article it. on Macworld.com, which we'll link to in the show notes. And, and I posted at 325 this morning. Wow. With the bowler's, bowler's hands, bowler's arm, too, probably. <laughs> no, no, fortunately, I don't can actually you, Can you bowl. have the little glove on as you were posting? So you don't bowl, you're just there to uh, officiate. I am just there count to the officiate. Money. In fact, Macworld uh, uh, didn't have a team on the, uh, the lanes this year. Wow. Which was probably just as well because the Yerba Buena Lanes is unfortunately not the most well-managed bowling uh, establishment, establishment and, and we, we had several mechanical breakdowns by the end Interesting. of the night. Interesting. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because Microsoft brings their ringers in and they clean up and it doesn't Microsoft matter. does, but you know, surprisingly, the biggest upset of the night was Freeverse Software, which historically usually places last or second to last in this event actually came in second. They beat OWC's two teams. Um, but who won? Uh, Microsoft. Uh-huh. I rest my case. Indeed. As always. Little known fact, Earl Anthony is also the product product manager of Excel. So. Famed bowler, Famed Earl Anthony, bo- who bowler I believe has passed away. But, uh, but well, he still... Uh, he lives on in our hearts. And in Microsoft's uh, campus in Redmond, mm-hmm. perhaps. Any other thoughts about how the show has gone for you this week? Uh, well, I've really, really been busy. I went into this actually keeping a pretty light appointment schedule, and I've um, been flabbergasted at how, uh, what little time I've actually had on the show floor um, just to see the sights uh, because um, there have been so many things to cover and so many uh, people who I really wanted to talk to. I think this has probably been my busiest show ever, wow. even, even though it, it, you know, my schedule wouldn't show that. Yeah, I, I think what we have seen has borne that out, too. So where do we go from here? What are you most excited about in uh, for both of you in in, uh, in the next month or two uh, at, based on products that are coming out, products that you've seen that you really can't wait to get your hands on? I, I'm, I'm curious because this is the start. In many ways, this is like the firing of the starting gun. Some products ship at Macworld Expo, but so many more are introduced, and then we spend the next two or three months watching as they ship and as we review them. Well, February is going to be a very interesting month, not only because the Apple TV should be... Apple TV software update should be on the ground by then. Right. 
uh, that's supposedly two weeks. Two weeks from two, you know, two two weeks ish from Apple's announcements on Tuesday. And so of course, yeah. that means it's exactly two weeks from Tuesday. But right. it's that's toward the end of January. MacBook Air will be out by about that time. Yeah. And February is also the month when we are expecting the uh, developer kit for the uh, iPhone. Right. And um, I know talking to a lot of exhibitors on the show floor, they are very eager to get their their hands they on that. They can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to sound like a broken record, but the iPhone SDK is probably what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, simply, I mean, I've already rearranged my, I've installed the 1.13 update, and I've already rearranged my UI to keep a big block free for for, for legitimate applications once they're available. Well, and actual games on the iPhone. I mean, let's say that. There are no games on the iPhone other than some web games, and the web games, are some of them are very nice, but it would be great to see some actual um, game applications on the iPhone. And actually, um, you know, people who have jailbroken their, um, their their iPhones have been able to install some very innovative games on them. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting next few months for the iPhone games beat. I can't wait to cover it. Ah, I believe the author of the first iPhone jailbreak game, Lights Out, who is from Panic, I believe, software. Mm-hmm. It has been hired by Apple for the iPhone development team. So there's lots of interesting stuff. I, I think it, the iPhone pot- potentially could become that much stronger, not just because it'll have third-party software on it, but because you're going to get in that situation where you're going to have brilliant people doing brilliant things on the iPhone and feeding back potentially into Apple and saying, wow, who did that? That's great. He should be working on the iPhone at Apple. So um, creating that whole ecosystem around the iPhone, we definitely are all looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Well, any other final words before we close up the podquarium and, and fill it with sand and, and uh, <laughs> keep, it, keep it closed until next year? I have nothing further to contribute. Fair enough, Peter. Thank God it's almost over. Yes, we're all very tired. It's, been, it's a great week, and by the end we've been ground up into a fine paste. Um, so, with, with that wonderful imagery, <laughs> I will bid you farewell from Macworld's Uh, booth on the show floor in the Moscone Center, Macworld Expo, San Francisco, 2008. I'm Jason Snell, the editorial director. I'd like to thank my guests, Peter Cohen, senior editor for Macworld and our news guy and our games guy. Thank you, Peter, for coming. Thanks for having me. Philip Michaels, executive editor of Macworld.com. Thanks for taking a break from posting stories to visit with us on the Podquarium. The pleasure was all mine. And a couple of final thank yous to Sarus Faravar, who has been our engineer in the Podquarium the entire week. Thanks a lot, Sarus. And to Kurt Poff, our online managing editor back at the Mothership on 2nd Street in San Francisco for posting all of these podcasts. It's not as easy as it sounds. So that's all from here. Thanks for listening this week. Uh, The Macworld Podcast will resume shortly with Chris Breen. Um, Until then, we hope you've enjoyed it. See you soon. And that concludes this episode of the special Macworld Expo edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank our guests as well as you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-520-9761. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac, iPod, iPhone, Macworld Expo, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you next time.